0: Well, good afternoon, friends. It's 3.46 p.m. out here in Las Vegas, Nevada. And this is Senior Pastor and Prophet with the Nazarene Ministry. That means House of the Nazarene. And we've been working on, is the Lord's Prayer relevant to or within the roots of the Torah, Hebrew? literature well the answer to that question is yes if you've listened to part one part two and that's the answer to that question so let's get right to the point let's pray and this will be the final i hope the final chapter that god wants me to go through about the lord's prayer and the torah Dear Heavenly father please speak through me guide me to teach your will your words not mine Guide me, Sacred and Holy Father, Yehovah, our Sacred Father, to speak correctly about the history of all this. And I thank you for that. Fill this studio with your holy presence. I have Holy Ghost utterance come through me. Holy Spirit utterance come through me. all oh, Sacred Father, we serve you. Amen. All right, so the first opening line. All right, now I've, I've already told you about, and I'm turning on my other light so I can tell you the right verse because uh, I'm looking at it on uh, some notes I wrote out, research I did earlier. I've already told you about Exodus chapter four, verse 22. I've already talked with you about Deuteronomy 14 and one. But now we're gonna talk about is, there a retrospective relevance to the Lord's Prayer in prophecy. Yes, there is. Isaiah 63, 16 and verse 64, 8 is talking about our Father. Now let's turn and I've got to turn to. I didn't pre-mark these out. I probably should have, but I just came. Upstairs from uh, having a bite to eat, and I'm back in the studio, and we're looking at, yes, you, Isaiah 63, I'm at 53, let's move forward here a little bit, 62, 63, found it, okay, now we're looking at verse 16, I'm going to start at 15. Look down from the heavens and see from your set apart and comely dwelling. Where are your Ador and your might, the stirring of your inward parts, and your compassion toward me? Are they withheld? All right, now we're at verse 16, all right? For you are our father, though Abraham does not know us, and Israel does not recognize us. You, O oh Yahovah, are our Father, our Redeemer. Your name is from of old. Praise the Lord God. So our Savior, when he put the structure of this prayer together and spoke it to his Emissaries, ambassadors from the Greek apostles who were disciples at the time. He basically based this prayer from Torah and prophecies. Who are in heaven? Now we want to turn to Isaiah 57. Now, in this verse, that's why I read 15, it talks about our God's throne being where it's at, all right? But now we're going to look at Isaiah 57, so we got to go back a bit. And we're looking for verse 15. And in verse 15, and it is, a, this set of verses is outlined, meaning that it's very important And it's very harmonious. And that means, and this, these verses run from 15 all the way down to the end of this chapter. uh, Which is all the way down to verse 19. And then there's the conclusional verse of 20 and 21. We're going to read 15 though. Here's 15. For thus declares the high and the exalted one who dwells forever, whose name is set apart, meaning it's sacred and holy. I dwell in the high and set apart place with him who has a bruised and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the bruised ones. Praise the Lord God. And who's he talking about? Our Messiah. So you want to write that verse down. Now, also, Isaiah, to back up who are in heaven, we want to look at 66, verse 1. Thus said Yehovah, the heavens are my throne, and the earth is my footstool. Where is this house that you build for me? And where is the place of my rest? Now, this was the prophecy before David ever existed. He wasn't even a thought yet, as far as parents were concerned, about the coming throne of David. Now we look at the verses, Hallowed be thy name. We want to turn to Leviticus. Turn your Bibles to Leviticus with me, please. And we're going to be looking at chapter 10. I almost went right there. And verse 3. Then Moshe said to Aaron, This is what Yehovah spoke, saying, Why, those who come near me, let me be set apart, and before all the people, let me be esteemed, and Aaron was silent. So, hallowed be thy name. So critical, so important. Oh, and there's a lot of verses that really back that up. And one more that I want to look at, and I mean, I I could take you through. Malachi, I could take you through. 2 Samuel, 1 Kings, Chronicles, Nehemiah, Psalms. But we're going to look at Isaiah 6. Yeseheu 6. That's his name in Hebrew. i tell you, I love Yeseheu. He was such a proven prophet of God Almighty. And a great prolific writer. All right, so we're looking at 6-3. And one cried to another and said, Set apart, set apart, set apart is Yehovah of hosts. All the earth is filled with his esteem Now, this, of course, is a verse that in the King James translation, they would say, holy, holy, holy. And they don't use God's name, but this is from the original Hebrew. Set apart means holy or righteous. Set apart, set apart, set apart. Holy, holy, holy is Yehovah of hosts. Now, in the King James, they say, Lord of hosts. All the earth is filled with his esteem. And in English translations, they replace the word esteem with glory. (coughs) Excuse me. Now, that gives you a couple of really great examples of how would be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Now, of course, we could look at Daniel, we could look at Psalm, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Zechariah. But once again, I'm going to look at Isaiah 2, since we are so close. That way I don't have to be dragging you through a long dissertation in a greater part of the Bible. So we're looking at verses 2 through 4, Isaiah chapter 2. And it shall be in the latter days that the mountain of the house of Jehovah is established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow to it. And many peoples shall come and say, come and let us go up to the mountain of Jehovah to the house of the Elohim of Yehachab, and let him teach us his ways, and let us walk in his paths, for out of Zion comes forth the Torah and the word of Yahovah from Jerusalem, and he shall judge heaven, the nations, And he shall judge between the nations and shall reprove many peoples, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither teach battle any more. Excellent. Boy, I can't wait for that. So that's thy kingdom come, a time of God's absolute peace on earth. Or in Hebrew, shalom. Shalom is one of those words that has so many meanings. I've heard some rabbis say, I really don't like this description, shades of meanings. No, I don't really like that. I'd rather just simply say at this point, first of all, there's no shade or shadow in the word of God. That's number one. God's word is light, and that light is truth. So that's the first thing I would say. So the different meanings and applications of shalom, spiritually, socially, mentally, physically, and financially, are just the first five basics. There's many, many more. All right, so now, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, all right? Now, of course, you can look at Psalms, Ezra, Daniel, and Psalm 143. But Daniel is another one that is such a proven prophet. And he, like Isaiah, was very messianic prophet. And that that's why we want to look at that. Daniel 4. Daniel 4. So we got to go through the Bible here. Turn your Bibles with me to Daniel. And we got it in my collection of books here. This particular Holy Scriptures back to the original order before they changed it to Nicene Cancel. So it's after Psalms and Proverbs, amazingly enough. And I went too far. prophets looking for chapter 4 and verse 35 and all the inhabitants of the earth are of no account And he does as he wishes with the host of the heavens and among the inhabitants of the earth. And there is none to strike against his hand or say to him, what have you done? In other words, we cannot question God and his will. So when we're talking about thy will be done, now because God has given us the power of free will choice, We have to decide, are we going to be the servants of the Father God Almighty and live, speak, and do his will? Or are we going to constantly step in front of that and say, well, you know, you may want it done this way, but I think I can accomplish better than you by doing it my way. Does that make any sense at all? No, it doesn't. No, it does not. On earth as it is in heaven. And of course, Daniel uh, 4.35 is talking about this. Nehemiah and the Psalms talk about it. God is going to get done what he wants done through people who will do it for him because they love him. And if you're not one of those people, don't be surprised if he uses someone else. And forgive us our debts. Now, also, this, of course, would be in retrospect of forgive us our trespasses or forgive us our sins. Now, since we are in the book of Daniel, now, of course, this is in Exodus 34, right out of the law of God. 1 Kings, Psalms 32, 103, 130, uh, Jeremiah 31, and 2 Chronicles six twenty-one. We're going to be looking at Daniel 9 and start at verse 4. Now, the emphasis of this goes all the way through to 19, but we don't need to read that much to get the point. So, let's look at Daniel 9, starting with verse 4. And I prayed to Yahovah, my Elohim, and made confession and said, Oh, Yahovah. Great and awesome El, that means God, guarding the covenant and the kindness to those who love him and to those who guard his commandments. We have sinned and did crookednesses and did wrong and rebelled to turn aside from your commands and from your right ruling. So what is our prophet Daniel talking about? When they were in Jerusalem... They were warned by Jeremiah, Yeramehu in Hebrew, that they needed to stop worshiping false idols and whoring, and then running to the temple on a regular basis and ask to be forgiven. They were making a mockery of all of the sacrifices and God kept warning them through not only Jeremiah but other prophets that this was going to come to an end and if they didn't change their ways that's it their sin they were going to have to pay a price for it and so this is why i say to you when you and this is a small example but it's coherent to what i have talked about before i have a nutritional background And one of the nutritional backgrounds that I really looked at thoroughly is how the Bible says to eat. Is that scientifically relative, medically relative, biochemically relative to good health? And as much as I tried to disprove that, I found that the Bible really is completely and absolutely correct. So... When we are the kind of people that choose to by our own self will, choose to do whatever we want, smokes, I don't smoke cigarettes, praise God, but those people who smoke cigarettes, is it any surprise that they're going to die of some form of emphysema, pulmonary problems, lung cancer, etc. And usually most lung cancers will turn into bone cancer. So, is it any surprise when we sin against what God has told us to do, whether you're a pastor, a deacon, a priest, a rabbi, a vicar, whatever you are, you die of disease. So I've been asked many times, Pastor, I believe in God. I serve God. I tithe an offer to God. Well, tithing and offering to God has to do with your finances. It doesn't have to do with your health. God has given us the dietary laws. You want to live to be 120 plus years old. Abraham lived to be 175. There are other figures in the Bible who live to be longer. You got to eat like God says. It's real simple. You got to make changes in your life. I did. I confess to you, before I was really reborn, Absolutely walking in the salvation of our Father, His Son, and the Holy Spirit. I used to love to eat oysters, crabs. I used to love to eat shrimp. I used to love to eat all kinds of things that God says are not His diet for us. I got reborn in our Lord and Savior. And I realized that I had to make some changes, and so I did. And I'm 70 years old now and reaping the benefits of those changes that I made back in my 30s. Praise God. As we forgive our debtors. Now, of course, this is in Nehemiah, Genesis, all the way back to Genesis. 1 Samuel, Deuteronomy. So there are two books that give us We must forgive Genesis chapter 50, verse 17, Deuteronomy 15, 2. That's where we're turning. And here we go, we're almost there. Oh, went a little too far. I hope you're having a great day today. All right, Deuteronomy chapter 15. There we go. And we're going to be looking at verse 2. Tabarim in Hebrew. Verse 2 says, And this is the word of the release. Every creditor is to release what he has loaned to his neighbor He does not require it of his neighbor or his brother because it is called the release of Yahovah. So, in other words, debts have to be released after a certain period of time. Praise God. Boy, I wish the world operated in God's law. Now, debts can also refer, as we forgive our debtors, it can refer to trespasses, it can refer to sin. In other words, we have to forgive. It is commanded in the law of God. And lead us not into temptation. Of course, this is in Isaiah 3, Proverbs 16, Psalms 125, Genesis 22, Deuteronomy 8, and Proverbs 30. So let's go to Deuteronomy 8, since we're so close, please. Turn your pages. And we are looking at verse number two. Verse number two says, And you shall remember that Yahuwah your Elohim, led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you, prove you, to know what is in your heart, whether you guard his commands or not. We are to guard the commands of God almighty and then God will constantly be with us, lead us, protect us. I can go on and on, I'm not. But deliver us from evil. First Chronicles Psalms 121 Jeremiah 15 Psalms 56. Now, I'm going to take us to Psalms 56, which is Tahalim in the holy word of Hebrew. And we are looking at verse 13 in the Psalm 56. For you have delivered my life from death, my feet from stumbling, that I might walk before Elohim in the light of living. This is deliverance, people. Delivered from darkness and evil into the light of living. Notice I was talking about the light of God earlier. For thy is the kingdom? You can, of course, find this in First Chronicles, Psalm 145, Daniel 4, and the power, First Chronicles 29, and the glory, First Chronicles 29 11, Daniel 7. Let's go, and then it ends in Forever and Ever, Daniel 7 18. Let's go to Daniel 7. All right. Now we're going to be looking at verse 14 first, please. Okay. And to him was given rulership and preciousness and a reign that all peoples, nations, and language should serve him. His rule is an everlasting rule which shall not pass away, and his reign that which shall not be destroyed. All right, now let's look at Daniel 18. 18 says, Then the set-apart ones, or holy ones, of the Most High shall receive the reign and possess the reign forever even forever and ever. Moses put it from everlasting to everlasting. Similar. Bring your prayer life into the sacred presence of Yahushua Messiah, the Mashiach, Eloheinu, Jesus Christ, the Nazarene. I guarantee you that your joy Will be full. Well, that brings us to the end of this broadcast. Now, I hope that you have learned that even the Lord's Prayer is interwoven into the Torah as well as the prophecies. This is senior pastor and prophet uh, Beth Nazreen coming to you live at four fourteen out here in Las Vegas, Nevada, and once again. We are not a product-driven ministry, so you can download this from Anchor or any other platform we put it on for free because the true Messiah's ministry was giving of it all. He didn't sell books. He didn't sell tapes. He didn't sell CDs. He didn't sell anything. He didn't sell healing. He didn't sell personal appearances, nothing. It was all free. I want you to remember that. And that's what this ministry has been set up to do. Thank you. We love you, bless you, praise you, and we praise the donators to this. And why wouldn't, why would, why would I praise the people who donate to this ministry Because they have been led by the Father God Almighty, who deserves all the glory. All no one can have anything unless it's given by Yahovah Elohim. John the Baptist said that. And he's right. So this ministry cannot have anything unless God moves people to donate in it. Now that means that the blessing of God is coming through them to us. And then God's going to tell us, bless people with that donation. And that's what we do, because this ministry ties and offers. Just like Messiah. Messiah was given donation, and he gave to the poor. And he didn't charge for anything he taught or any healing actions, signs, wonders, or or miracles that he did. God bless you, and until we meet again, amen.